Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee and I'm your health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to achieve stubborn weight loss. I do my best work when I work with PCOS urban women in their 30s who are embarrassed about their weight but want to feel comfortable in their bodies and are able to lose stubborn weight naturally. In this podcast, we talk about various topics including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because one episode will be released every single week. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. So today I would like to introduce you to Dr. Stephanie Zagragan. She is the Clinical Director of Lyme and Lotus Healing Arts Center in Charleston, South Carolina. And she's an expert in women's health. She's over 14 years of private clinical experience. And it's my pleasure to have her talk about adrenal thyroid and the link between from, from that to weight loss and PCOS today. This is also one of my stages in my PCOS weight loss program because stress has a huge role in affecting our periods and more. So I'm really excited to have you on today, Dr. Stephanie. Thank you, Melissa. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me on. And I think we'll have a very good and uh, fun conversation today with all the topics we have lined up. Yes, I'm so excited because you're also the first kind of doctor that I have on my podcast. Um, so I'm going to pick your brains a little bit and also for our audience. <laughs> Please so, do. <laughs> yeah. So let's get people to know you a little bit more. Uh, who are you and who do you serve? Sure. Um, you already mentioned I've got a private practice here in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. And my background is a bit varied. Um, I have an exercise um, science degree. That was my bachelor's degree. I have a master's degree in human nutrition and a doctorate in chiropractic. I also went on to do a lot more education and I have um, a number of certifications. I'm an applied clinical nutritionist, a certified nutrition specialist, and a certified clinical nutritionist. So as you can see, I really, really like to learn um, and really wanted to know more in depth on the body, how it works, and about five years ago, I was in practice initially doing both chiropractic work and nutrition uh, with people. And about five years ago, I really had to decide, because my adrenals were getting burned out, um, I really had to decide where I wanted to take my practice. And I was working with a lot of women at the time. Um, I can share my personal story here in a little bit about how I really got into the women's side of things. But, you know, the functional medicine side of practice, the helping women, looking at hormones from a functional and more natural perspective, it's really not that big in, in South Carolina, or really I found in the country at this point. So I really wanted to step into that and really help empower women with learning what labs to get tested for, um, how they can really balance their bodies naturally. Because the, the toughest thing is when you go to the doctor and you know you don't feel right, and the doctor does some lab work, maybe, or maybe they don't, and they tell you you're normal, and you know you don't feel normal. And you know, I, I like to give women hope and, and give them actual steps to take based on their lab works, based on their symptoms, based on you know, what they're bringing to the table. And the way that I work with my women is it's a very, very much an individualized approach. So even if I have two women that come to me with the exact same symptom, I'm really not going to treat their symptom, I'm really looking at the root cause of their symptom. You know, for one woman, it might be high estrogen. For another woman, it might be her adrenals and her cortisol levels are high. So I really want to look at where the, the starting point is for that particular person and really give them some good things to do. Because if we can fix the root cause of things, as I know you know, Melissa, if we can fix the root cause of things, we can truly heal the body and those problems don't come back so or get worse. 
So you just answered my next question. I was going to ask, you know, for people who don't know what a functional medicine doctor is or a naturopathic doctor is compared to, you know, their conventional physician. So I guess it's just about finding the root cause and, you know, diving into the lifestyle changes and all that. Yeah, it's very different from your conventional doctors just because they're usually looking at your, your symptoms. Maybe they'll do some lab work if they're looking for a disease state or to diagnose or to treat your disease or treat your symptoms. From a functional perspective, we're looking at how well is your body working today. Um, so you still might have some estrogen, but it might not be enough. So, you know, you're just not feeling your best. My goal is to get all my patients to work at 100% of their function. And when you function better, you feel better. And that's really what it boils down to. Yeah, I would love that. Um, I saw a functional medicine doctor by myself. And the thing she was prescribed me for my periods was so unlike my other gynecologist. She gave me, you know, liver enzymes, emulgivite, vitamin D. Like, that helped me so much more than just popping a pill or, you know, going on the birth control for unnecessary yeah. reason. Yeah, and it's not to say, you know, we don't need the other, other practitioners or, or conventional medicine at all. And a lot of times, uh, women are coming to me, they're already maybe taking birth control, or they already have some issues, or if they have PCOS, they might be on metformin or one of the you know, blood sugar medications. So I can work with them from a functional perspective and, and filling in the gaps of where the doctor isn't working from a nutritional or herbal standpoint. Or some of my patients, they want to get off the meds. They, they will come and say, I don't want to take the birth control anymore but my periods are so out of whack or I have so much pain, yeah. so much, you know, symptoms that go along with each period. Um, how can we work with that? So sometimes it's really putting some game plans into place for the patients first before they can start addressing, you know, can we come off the medications? Because our blood sugar, right. we need the metformin anymore. Uh, those types of yeah. things. Okay. And what made you so passionate about women's health? Yes, I really got into women's health really because of me. <laughs> so I have my own personal story around this. It always um, starts like that. It really, really yeah. does. I, I don't have PCOS, but um, when I was going through chiropractic school, um, my menstrual cycle was completely atrocious for me. Um, I was really stressed out. I was in graduate school. I was in school 40 hours a week. I was also had a part-time job where I worked an additional 20 hours a week. I was studying for boards. I was studying and getting ready to graduate and getting ready to move across the country and start a practice. And it was a really stressful period of my life. And my periods kept getting worse and worse and worse every month. Um, they came like clockwork, but every month I would have severe cramping. I'd have severe nausea. I'd be throwing up. Um, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. And <clears throat> really, none of those symptoms were, were you know, doing me any service. It, I basically got to the point where it got so bad that I was literally revolving my life around my period. You know, I, I would not mm -hmm. schedule things when I knew that time of the month was coming. And that was really no way to live. And finally, when I started waking up with night sweats in the middle of the night at 25 years old, I decided it was time to do something more serious about it. So of course, you know, what's the traditional route we go? We go to the gynecologist, um, that's what I did. Explained to her my problems, she did her exam. She told me I had some cysts, but I didn't have the PCOS um, at that point, so. But her, her answers to me were, well, we've got two options for you, probably the same options you were probably given as well. We can either cut things out, so we can cut out some body parts, or we can give you some birth control. And, Neither of those options really set well with me. You know, being in chiropractic school, 
being more holistically minded and getting a degree and all that, um, that just really didn't feel like a good answer to me. Um, I asked her to run some lab work. She ran some labs and the lab work that came back basically said I was normal. <laughs> so nothing, nothing came back, you know, from what she did um, that came out of, out of balance. And I said, there's no way that I am within normal limits based on how I feel every month. So I was a bit discouraged. I didn't do anything that she had wanted me to do. And I went on this kind of, I guess, search, um, this journey of discovering, well, why the heck did all my labs come up normal? And are, are there labs she missed? What should I have done? Um, so did a lot of research on my own. I was already very well familiar with hormones and physiology, but really um, wanted more of the, the female hormone piece. So learned a lot. I discovered that she really didn't do functional labs. She did labs that come back normal for most people, unless you're really, really messed up. Um, so I actually ran some functional labs on myself. And I, found, I know so it was handy so yeah, with, the, with the degree I have, it is handy that I could run the labs. Um, yeah. So I ran my labs on myself and I found out that my estrogen levels were high. My progesterone levels were low. My testosterone levels were high. My cortisol levels were off the charts. Uh, and my DHEA levels were low. So basically, I was a hot mess. Um, <laughs> so I needed to fix that. And from that point, I had to learn, well, with these hormones out of balance, how can I start fixing these things naturally? And I kind of went on a journey to learn more than what I already knew about all those, those good hormones and what foods and herbs will help. Put myself on a protocol, and it took about a year. But within a year's time... Um, mm -hmm. Now that didn't mean I really started feeling good about two months after I got started, but it really took me a full year um, before yeah. I really, really was able to say, yes, this is pretty much all, all fixed. Um, now I have to track my period on a, one of those like I period apps because yeah. I, <laughs> I, I don't feel it coming anymore. It's, it has to be done via the app. Um, so I guess the whole point of that is to instill in women that if, if you go to the doctor and you feel, you know, as women, we're very intuitive creatures. If you feel that something's off or you feel like you haven't gotten the right answer, mm -hmm. get a second opinion, maybe go the more, you know, holistic route to another practitioner that can maybe assess a little bit differently for you. Um, but the, the goal is that there is hope on doing other testing on other options on more natural ways to at least look at things. And at least start there, because once you do surgery, that's definitely irreversible for a lot of women. Um, so there's so many things that we can do that are much more conservative, much more safer um, to the body in the long run um, that we can really, really look at. So that's, that's my story. <laughs> and it's great that you shared that, because it's a testament that, you know, if you help your body through natural ways, it takes like a year. It's not going to take, you know, just two weeks. Like, I think a lot of people want that quick fix, like, fix my period, you know, like, before I go on the birth control, but, you know, it's just, it takes, like, months, and it can take up to a year. Yeah, it can take up to a year. You know, a lot of my patients, when I work with someone, I tell them, you know, my goal is to get some kind of change that you feel within the first four to six weeks, and if I've done my job correctly, you're going to feel a difference within that first initial phase of time. Now, have we mm -hmm. fixed it? No, but if we're putting in the right good stuff, if, we're, if we've got you on a right protocol of herbs that are really helping to balance you out, you're going to feel better. And that's the point. Um, the other thing, too, is when we talk about taking, you know, supplements or herbs, for most of, the, of my patients, these aren't things you should be taking forever. You know, if things are out of balance, we actually fix the root cause. You'll be able to come off of those products and those herbs once everything is fixed. So that's a good news, too. I think that's a question that I get a lot of, well, do I have to take this forever? And, you know, what yeah. is that? 
okay. Yeah, I because I've been reading a lot of books and you know all about period health, and they always recommend, yeah, you know, you can take like Vitex or take magnesium, blah blah blah. So all of these things that could help period health. And I was just wondering, like, but like a woman, you know, I don't think we should be taking all these things all the time. Like it should probably only be temporary or where we feel imbalanced, right? Yeah, and, and so, same things too, you know, like Vitex, that raises progesterone levels. Well, some white women already have high progesterone. So in, yeah. in, that's a, an instance where I wouldn't even pre prescribe that patient the Vitex mm -hmm. um, just because of that reason. So that's another reason why I think that it's good to get tested or at least have some kind of baseline mm. test right. to see really where do your hormones lie. And yeah. once you know exactly yeah. where everything is, you can really specifically mm. look that's to rate true. Things too. And you can save money and not buy, like buy every product that yeah, <laughs> works for everybody. Yes, yes, yeah. And I'm a fan of you know a lot of my patients will come in with a, you know a big basket of stuff they're already taking. You know, it's very yeah. individualized. You know, this you know this one product has one thing in it. This product has one thing in it. Might have one amino acid. Where when I create protocols, I really want to create protocols that are one made out of food because when we eat, mm. even if the supplements are made from food, we've got all the nutrition. The, the vitamins, the minerals, the cofactors, the phytochemicals that are in those foods already in there that you're going to miss if you're using synthetic products. So I guess, you know, for your listeners, really look at products that are made from food, number one. And I really like to have products that combine three or four or five things into one product. So that way you're not taking, you know, 20 products a day, you know, because yeah. if, if things get too hard to do, you're not going to do them. So for me, may, making sure that Compliance is good for my patients, making sure that we're on a protocol that is sustainable maybe for up to a year. Um, those are the things that I'm really looking at when I'm putting together game plans for people. Right, yeah. And before we go into, you know, um, testing, I kind of want to talk a little bit about adrenal fatigue and PCOS or like, you know, this whole burnout. Um, I have read there are a lot of access to consider like the HPA, HBO, HPG, like all these things. Um, could you, you know, give a little like summary or like a simplistic explanation to yes. how of ovaries and everything's connected? The quick answer is they're all connected. <laughs> yeah. okay. So we really need to address for a lot of women with either menstrual cycle problems, PCOS, endometriosis issues. Um, we all tend to have the same similar imbalances when we look at the, the glands and systems that are out of, out of balance. And okay. we've got the adrenal glands. So for those that might be listening that, that don't know what those are, those are the kidney. They're above the kidney. They're the size of walnuts. And they're in charge of our stress hormones. They're in charge of cortisol. Um, the adrenals have so many amazing functions. You know, we think of it as just our stress and fight or fight um, symptoms, but they help with our water balance. So whether or not we get puffy or not right before our cycle sometimes, um, it helps us with our blood sugar balance. So whether or not we get hangry or have sugar cravings, it helps us with our immune system balance. So that maybe that woman that is constantly getting sick or when the kids get sick, they get sick too every year. Um, and it does balance with the, the thyroid gland and then of course our um, adrenals and ovaries. So they're all playing this role. So in a female, if you still have your period, we have this dance that goes on. So you've got items and places in your brain that are communicating to your adrenals, that are communicating to your ovaries, that are communicating to your liver, to your pancreas, all month long, and, and even your thyroid. So there's this dance that goes on. So I think for a lot of women, the stress is so big these days that that's usually the breaking point for the breakdown of the system. 
Because if you already have a thyroid gland that's not happy with you, if your adrenal glands are really stressed out too, that's just putting that much more burden on the whole system. Um, so when we say self-care, we really mean it. <laughs> when we say do some yeah. things for yourself, when we say um, take some things off your plate or learn to say no, that is huge for so many of the women that I work with. And really looking at your cycle and maybe doing things in a flow with your cycle. So I tell women, you know, right after your period, that's the best time to do all your mental work, to do the work where um, maybe you're, you're most creative. And then when you are having your period, that's the time to maybe slow down a bit. You know, take a little bit more time for yourself. Um, take a day off. Get a massage. So just so we can get in a better balance of the ups and downs of, of the mm -hmm. back land and those systems. And how does this relate to weight loss? So like would the adrenals or the thyroid have a bigger impact on weight loss? Both will. Um, they both have a role together and their role in the pituitary gland and the hypothalamus, they all are talking all at the same time. Now, the biggest challenge is not everyone that is an adrenal case is have, have thyroid issues, but every single patient that I've ever had that has thyroid issues always has adrenal issues. So I think kind of what comes first, the chicken or the egg, if you have a thyroid issue and no one has addressed your adrenals yet, please get those checked out <laughs> because I haven't found a case yet that also didn't need some adrenal support if you really want to heal your thyroid gland. But from a weight loss perspective, um, if your thyroid hormones are out of balance, it's really tough to lose weight. Also, if you're kicking out cortisol um, or your cortisol is really high, it's really hard for you to lose weight too. So either way where you're out of balance on either of those, it's going to be difficult to lose weight. And then if, as a woman, as we get older, so once we start getting into our forties and maybe into our early fifties, we start moving into menopause. And what yeah. tends to happen is we're told that as we move into menopause, we no longer make our hormones. Well, that's a lie. We still make them. Um, but the ovarian production of those hormones decreases and we need the adrenal glands to pick up the pace. So the adrenal glands need to turn on a bit more to help make those hormones. If the adrenal glands can't keep up or, or keep up enough, the only other place for us as women to really make those hormones is our fat cells. So if you have someone that's gained 10, 15, 30 pounds in a year for no reason whatsoever, um, you know, looking at the adrenal glands is one of the places that I do look to see if there might be some imbalances there that are, are creating those, those challenges for that particular woman. Okay. And how do you test for like adrenals? Like what kind of testing is that? My favorite test for adrenals is by saliva testing. So basically you're spit. So you spit in little tubes. The reason why I like saliva testing for the adrenals is because I really want to see the cortisol arc. So cortisol is that hormone that when you wake up, cortisol should spike up high. So it should be highest first thing in the morning. That's the hormone that helps get you out of bed. It keeps you up and going all day. And then it should be a nice bell curve where it starts trickling down throughout the day. And then it should be at its lowest at about you know 10 to midnight to get you um, tired so you can very easily go to sleep. Now, if you do a blood test, well, you're only going to get one piece of that puzzle. So really what I want is what I really want to see with my patients from a functional perspective is what is their total cortisol output for the day. So the test that I do with my women, um, they give multiple samples throughout the day. So they spit into little tubes about five times during the day. And each time that you spit will be tested. So we can really see what's your total cortisol output for the day. Do you have a nice graph and chart and does it look well? Um, for most people, I can look at their graph and tell them exactly how they feel. Um, I had a woman just, just a few days ago, earlier this week, 
that <clears throat> I could totally tell them, like, you have a really hard time getting up in the morning because her cortisol was not going up like it should. Right. And then at night, it was way high. It was so, so much higher than what it should be. And I'm like, and then I said, you know, at night, you probably are really having a difficult time getting to sleep. I said, you're probably that tired and wired person where, right. but you literally can't fall asleep. And she's like, oh my gosh, that is so me. So we could totally see that on her graph. And then once I have that data, we can really specifically put together, um, you know, herbs for her to take at specific times to help balance that cortisol for her. So the test that I do, like I said, it's saliva, it does cortisol. I also like to test DHEA, which I call DHEA, I call it the mama hormone because we need enough DHEA to trickle down to make our estrogens, testosterones, and all the, some of the other players in the game. Uh, it tests progesterone. It also tests for some blood sugar markers, some immune system markers, and gluten sensitivity. Because what we've also found is people that have more adrenal issues and also have thyroid issues tend to be more gluten sensitive. So I want to see where um, their body is reacting to gluten, you know, where they are on the scale for that. Mm -hmm. And do you test for insulin as well, or insulin resistance? Um, I can test for insulin resistance. The specific test that I have, it doesn't test for that specifically. Now, it will do an insulin. It, it's a roundabout insulin sensitivity test, so it's more of a blood sugar handling test. Um, but okay. if you want to do insulin sensitivity, you know, we're doing more of like a hemoglobin A1C and looking at your mm -hmm. glucose levels, so that's going to be more of blood. Right. And would you say that, you know, testing for cortisol is something that everyone should do or, you know, only if they're like really, really stressed? Um, I don't give that type of testing to everybody that I see, but if they tell me that they're tired a lot, they struggle getting out of bed, um, they need coffee to get through the day, they need sugar to get through the day, maybe they are diagnosed with something like PCOS, you know, we know there are certain chronic conditions that will create more um, adrenal fatigue type issues. Those are the patients that I'm going to suggest um, that they do that. And I also have a questionnaire that I give all my patients and if they test high on that questionnaire we definitely go go that route and see where their levels are at okay um i recently blogged about the kind of the fight between uh stress and sex hormone so when someone is really stressed you know they don't actually make progesterone because cortisol is more of a priority um and then this is also why like if someone's trying to get pregnant or like trying to regulate the periods if they're super stressed they can't go with that right Exactly, because really you can only make so much pregnenolone in a day, and then pregnenolone trickles down to either make estrogen and testosterone or progesterone and cortisol, you know, on which side of the, you know, if you look at the hormone right. chart, side of the chart you're on. And you're right, if you're, if you're pumping out more cortisol, we basically just don't have enough of the precursors to make enough estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone a lot of times. So that's where kind of how, how the hormones work. Also, another factor that, um, I don't think it's addressed as much is when we're producing more cortisol, we don't make as much cortisone either. So that tends to play a role in, in women having more pain or feeling more pain. So if they, you know, women that say, well, I'm, I'm just kind of aching everywhere or my joints are aching more than normal, um, you know, when progesterone goes low, that can create that issue. And also when cortisol goes high, we can just feel more pain in general too. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because progesterone is like the calming hormone, right? Like it's Okay. It helps to calm, yes. Yes. Um, so what about the thyroid hormone and its link to weight loss? Like, how does that come into play? 
Yeah, we, we have our thyroid hormones, and if we're not producing enough thyroid hormone, so if you're underproducing thyroid hormone, or if you're underproducing like the conversion to the metabolic form of the thyroid hormone, it's also harder for us to lose weight as well. Um, another factor that we don't really talk about too much with the thyroid gland is we think that the active form of our thyroid hormone is made in the thyroid. It's actually not. Most of it's made in our liver. So we also have to have really healthy livers. And this is why I'm a big proponent of, you know, if you've got thyroid issues, if you have adrenal issues, if you have hormone issues, um, really looking at the digestive system, looking at the liver, the gut, you know, detoxing the body a few times a year probably. Um, if you've got a chronic condition like that, or if you're just kind of getting started, um, because if, if you can't convert your T4 to T3 in your liver, it's really hard for you to keep up with the body's ability to make the thyroid hormones. And then everything just starts slowing down. You tend to gain weight. You tend to lose hair. You tend to just right. it goes down. You just tend to overall not be a very happy camper. And because like the thyroid hormone is also involved in metabolism, right? Like that's a big yes, thing. yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, and then also there are people with you know lean PCOS, so they actually don't really gain weight, and they have trouble gaining weight. So is that also related to thyroid? It can be well. It can be related to thyroid. It can be related to adrenal still. So okay. you know, it's hard to give definites to a lot of, you know, they've kind of given different PCOS, you know, we've got different categories down, they've given them different names. Yeah. And it's sometimes hard to put a, every woman's going to have X, Y, Z, you yeah. know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would say for, for a lot of women, you know, the thyroid gland can't, you know, our thyroid can be overactive and underactive. I've also seen a number of women that do have PCOS that be overactive thyroid. So that is where they're going to be losing weight and they can't gain weight. They have a tougher time gaining muscle, um, those types of things. And a lot of inflammation in the body. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and where do you feel the gaps are in, you know, creating personalized plans for women? So as you say, you know, it's very bio-individual, uh, similar to diet, you know, even the testing is very bio-individual. Um, so what are the gaps here? I think the biggest gaps is that, um, one, I think most doctors aren't able to spend enough time with their patients and, and ask questions and really listen. Um, you know, I spend with my, you know, just for our first appointment with the patient, I spend 90 minutes with that, that woman going over, you know, what's going on with that person, looking at lab work that we pulled um, ahead of time. And really, you know, I want each person that, that sees me to really have an understanding of what's going on in their body. How does their body work? Um, and, you know, I do teach them their own anatomy and physiology so they can understand it because I know that if I can describe it to you and you understand what's going on in your body, you're going to be more prone to want to stick with the program or, or you're going to understand why I'm asking you to do something. So I think education is one of the big gaps that we have, not spending enough time, not being able to educate um, everyone about their body and what's actually going on with their body or in their condition. Mm -hmm. um, the second is testing. Either people are just, I can't tell you how many women that have hormone imbalances. And as soon as they come to me, I almost immediately know, oh, it's this, this, this that we need to look at. But a lot of practitioners will just look at them and say, oh, well, you know, this is just normal. Nothing's wrong with you. Here's the antidepressant. So it, it, I, I see the women that are frustrated without having answers. Um, so sometimes it's not being able to get the second opinion and getting right. the testing. I think there's a gap in testing. And then the third is I think there's a gap in options for women. You know, like for me, the options were take a pill or cut things out, where I was able to do neither of those and, and completely resolve my issues. 
So I think there's a gap in, in being able to offer options to, to women too. Mm-hmm. And for those people who are on birth control, like I'm guessing, you know, the birth control depletes us of certain nutrients. Like how would they impact the adrenal? Well, it's interesting. The birth control definitely depletes certain nutrients. And it's also interesting that the nutrients that the birth control typically depletes are the nutrients that the adrenal glands need more of. So it's oh, kind of like we're, okay. creating, so that's what it is. we're creating a spiral effect of, you know, we're, we have maybe fixed this, the, the symptoms of the period with the birth control, but we're also depleting your body of additional nutrients that the adrenal glands need to work at their best. So anyone that's on birth control, you know, when someone comes to see me, it's not automatically, oh, let's get you off birth control because that might, you know, be appropriate for that particular woman at that point. But the goal is let's flood your system with all the good nutrition and see how things fall. Um, you know, if you're on birth control, we definitely can't do um, like female hormone testing because it's not really going to be accurate as far as your baseline goes. We can still do the adrenal testing. We can still do thyroid testing and still work on your gut and liver. We can do all those things. Um, but, you know, most of the women that I see eventually want to come off birth control or they're scared to come off birth control because they've tried before and they felt so bad. Um, but once I start working with them, we start getting the adrenal glands in check. We start getting their digestive system in check. When they come off the birth control, they, they find it's a much more pleasant experience. And they're, a lot of them are very amazed. They're like, I can't believe how easy this was when we did it your way. Um, so just know if you, if you struggle to get off birth control, there are ways that we can work to get you off of it without the symptoms and actually balancing it because just because you're on birth control it's not really fixing anything it's just you know kind of giving your body maybe a little bit of a break um you know instead of having the flux of hormones it's giving the body a little bit of a break that way but it's also not if you have adrenal issues it's not really healing any of the adrenal issues right yeah because i also had you know i had someone who told me that they weren't ready to work with me or work with someone because she's on the birth control then she she wants to get off it first but then she's not sure of the effects so like i feel that anyone who's on the birth control who are also thinking of going off it maybe not in the near future but sometime you know whenever it's best to work with someone to work on the diet and all that first absolutely yeah because the most you know, most of the traditional and conventional doctors will just say oh just come off of it and then yeah. you know, just let you go but you know, my, my preference is to work with a woman two to three months ahead of time and do a lot of prep work and foundational work before she tries to come off the birth control pill just so that her, you know, likelihood of symptoms is less, she'll feel better. Um, and we've also done a lot of work to just gear back and balance in general. Okay. And you also mentioned, you know, um, you know, by changing the nutrition and lifestyle, you also mentioned gut health. So how does actually, you know, gut health is affected by our stress? It is huge. There are so many things um, with our hormones, with our adrenal glands that are affected by digestive health. We could do an entire podcast on that, Melissa. Um, so I'll kind of give the highlights. Highlight. Um, but the biggest thing when we're looking at hormones and the digestive system in the gut is that our estrogen and testosterone, they have to be processed through our liver. So if your liver is a little sluggish, if it's a little slow, if it's not working at its peak, you know, if you've eaten a really crappy processed food diet for a number of years, if you've, you know, used a lot of makeup and chemicals, either in your environment, in your home, um, you know, makeup that, that has a lot of the chemicals in it too, you know, your body is being bombarded by toxins. You're on a lot of medications. Um, everything that you put on in or near your body has to be processed through your liver as well. 
So just those things kind of slow down the body's liver, you know, its ability to function at a really fast rate. And if we slow down the rate that the liver functions, then we also slow down the rate that we're able to process and excrete our estrogen. So that's one piece of the puzzle. So if we can't get rid of estrogen, we can't process it through the liver and then excrete it out of our body, we tend to build it up in the system. So we can become more estrogen dominant. Estrogen dominance, you know, symptoms of that, we're gonna have um, more painful periods, we're gonna have cramps, we're gonna have heavier cycles, we're gonna be diagnosed with cysts, um, endometriosis, breast cysts even. All those are, are indicators that your estrogen is high relative to your progesterone levels. So that's piece one of the puzzle. The second piece of the puzzle, as we move down the digestive tract, is once we've processed the estrogen through the liver, we now have to basically poop it out. So our digestive tract needs to do the rest of the work. And we need to have a really good, healthy gut flora. They've done some research and what they found is the more variety of good bacteria species you have in your digestive tract, the better as a woman you're able to excrete your estrogen. So looking at things like really good probiotics, uh, probiotic type foods are gonna be really important for helping with that estrogen processing. And then also fiber is going to be the other piece of the puzzle. So making sure we've got fruits and vegetables and just really good fiber-rich foods. Um, and this is really why I created an entire month-long um, detox program for people that's specifically geared for hormones because <laughs> this is one of the biggest problems. You know, you can take as much Vitex and Chase 3 and Wildium and all these other herbs as you want. Yeah. But if you, if you have a lot of foundational issues with your digestive tract, if your liver is not working at its peak, then it's going to be really, really hard to balance easily. So for a lot of women, we're starting simply with doing just like a 28-day, a month-long cleanse. So that's why I created that for my, for my ladies, because almost all of them have to start there before we step into um, beginning the balance with the adrenals or the thyroid or the ovaries and all the other players of the game. And do you, well, what do you think of juice cleanses? That kind of popped into my mind when you say cleanses. <laughs> Um, what do you think of like a one-day cleanse? Like, does that help with the digestion, digestion system? Um, it's going to help in the form of probably fasting. So by taking the pressure off the digestive system, um, I'm not as big of a fan on like one-day cleanses and juicing and all that kind of stuff. And even I'm not that big of a fan of keto for a lot of patients with adrenal issues and hormone issues because mm -hmm. we need a lot of protein to push the adrenal glands to make those guys work at their peak. So I really don't want to do a, a diet or any kind of modification in a woman's food plan that's going to be lower protein or kind of taking too many calories down because it takes so much nutrition to push the pathways of detox. If you decrease your caloric intake or decrease specific amino acids, then it's going to be harder for you to detox. And really, if we want to detox, it, we need a lot of nutrition. So once again, that's why I created that 28-day program because I knew that I needed to tell everybody exactly what to eat to make yeah. sure that they get all that nutrition in within, you know, each, each day. That's interesting. Cause I think usually people, when they think about protein, it's like, Oh, building my muscles, you know, muscle, 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 and like proteins for like, you know, skin and all that. But most people don't know that protein also helps with, you know, detoxification in the liver. Yeah. We need it for detox. We need it for liver support. We need it for adrenal support. Uh, we need it as building blocks to help build our, pro um, our hormones up. So yeah. When we're already dealing with issues, um, you know, like hormone issues, PCOS issues, we definitely need to change the diet around to help support that. And a, high pro a higher protein diet is going to definitely be helpful for those ladies. Okay. And it's a great segue into, so what are your favorite foods 
for you know people with adrenals, thyroid issues, weight loss? Depends on what we're talking about, but well, let's start with the yeah. adrenals because you just threw a lot at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the adrenal glands, the foods that we definitely want to eat more, well, we already talked about a higher protein diet. So um, a higher protein diet. And for any of these, you know, adrenals, thyroid, hormones, liver, you know, start off by eating a clean diet in general. Uh, decrease the amount of processed food you're eating. Eat the, you know, the, the extremities of a grocery store, not the aisles. Uh, so try to eat little packaged foods and little processed foods as possible. That goes across the board. But when we get into specifics for the adrenal glands, the adrenal glands really like a lot of B vitamins. They need more Bs. Um, so your dark green vegetables are fantastic. They need a lot more vitamin C. Your adrenal glands have 150 times more vitamin C in them requirement-wise than any other gland in the system in the body. So more vitamin C. Um, the way that we can get that is just one citrus fruit a day. Whether you eat an orange, um, a lemon, a lime, or just squeeze that into your water throughout the day, that's a great way to do that. One of the major minerals that the adrenal glands need more of is selenium. We can get that through a number of foods, but the most bang for your buck is going to be Brazil nuts. So I recommend that my women eat two Brazil nuts a day, and that takes care of your, your daily dose. So okay. those are my favorite adrenal type foods. Mm -hmm. um, and what about favorite herbs? Well, well, we'll just go down the chain of herbs and then like supplements, you know. <laughs> yeah, herbs are going to be, uh, for the adrenal glands, it uh, depends a bit on whether we need to raise or lower cortisol, whether we want to do DHA. So there might be some variants to that, but a few herbs that like anyone could do for adrenals. Um, I love ashwagandha, which is also called methania. That's one of my favorites. It's an adaptogenic herb. So what that means is that whether or not you need to raise or lower cortisol, it does both. So basically, it's one of those that we put it in the body, and whatever needs to happen, it takes the, that, the raw materials and makes that magic happen. So I love... In, uh, powder or capsule form? Um, different products will have it in different varieties. Uh, for my patients, I do ca um, capsule form, and then I also do liquid. So that's oh, a fun one. I didn't know that was liquid form. Well, if we do our traditional tinctures, they're all, you know, in an alcohol-based tincture, and that's traditionally how we made a lot of the herbs. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, ashwagandha is a great favorite of mine. Yes. Um, are there any anything else? One, rhodiola, ginseng. So those are some of my favorite herbs um, for working with women with adrenal glands. And once again, I'll prescribe those herbs based on what their labs look like. If we want to raise or lower certain things, if we want to. Um, create, you know, if you need more energy, there's certain herbs that are going to give more energy. If there's herbs that need yeah. more calming effect. So it, it's a combination of looking at what is that woman's lab values and also what are her symptoms and what are, what do we need to manage for that particular yeah. patient? Yeah. Okay. And magnesium, you know, is now touted as the magic mineral for periods and PMS and all that. Um, does it also have an impact on the adrenals and stress? Yes, it definitely helps with the period. It helps. It basically, it's just a calming mineral. Right. So okay. it's a good one to have for the calm. So it helps with sleep and a number of other things. But I guess the caution that I want to give is too much. Also, since it does calm and loosen things, it can loosen the bowels. Mm -hmm. So too much will, can go on the other side of, of maybe being too sleepy or too tired or 
um, <clears throat> beat on the toilet a little bit too long. So we right. have to kind of be mindful of that too. And once again, I don't want patients to use magnesium and those kind of products to fix things. So I don't want patients to, well, I'm constipated. I use magnesium to go to the restroom. No, I want to fix your body's ability to work correctly so you don't need magnesium to go to the bathroom because you shouldn't need magnesium. You know, if we need to use it in the short term and interim, that, that works. But my goal is always looking at the root cause of why we're having some issues to fix it that mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, over-dependence on supplements like, oh, okay, I'll eat a little bit of vegetables, but you know, I'm taking all these supplements. They will help me more. So yeah, that's good to bring to the awareness that it's always better with food first. And then yeah. the supplements just to help you. Yeah, because I mean, we could truly treat our supplements like drugs, you know, where we're trying yeah. to treat a symptom. And that's, that's not how I want to work with my patients. And that's, you know, I'm much more conservative in working with patients. But, you know, I don't want to use the supplements that we utilize are, are meant to fill in the gaps of your diet and help you rebuild the system, not to you to take because we need to fix a certain symptom. Right, yeah. And what about weight loss? So weight loss, you know, is affected by all these things, all these factors. Um, so when someone comes to you, you know, for stubborn weight loss, like they just try everything and they just can't lose that bit, what would be kind of the one thing that you, you know, look for? Well, I really look at, there's three factors that I really look at is to maybe the, the why, uh, why they may not be losing weight. So the first, obviously, that we've been chatting about this whole time today is hormonal imbalance. <laughs> so if yeah. you have hormonal imbalance, that can make it very difficult for you to lose weight. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. um, number two is digestive system imbalance. So if your body is not able to plot all the nutrition, it literally is going to think it's starving and not let you lose any weight. Um, if you have gut flora imbalances too, that will create some challenges with weight loss. The third is toxins. So if your body is toxic or holding on to toxins, that definitely can play a role. Um, most of the toxins that are in our environment today, that's in the foods that we eat and the chemicals that we spray and the medications that we take, they're all what's called lipotrophic, meaning they love fat cells. And all these toxins, they can hang out in other places in the body, our bones and organs and that kind of stuff. But for the most part, they're living in our fat cells. And unless we can actually dump those toxins out of our fat cells, the fat cells won't shrink. So for a lot of women, um, once again, this is why I created a detox program, was you know, yeah. for women that you know, were struggling to lose weight, that needed to really get a jump start on their cleaning out their liver, getting their gut back in check so that we can work on the hormone balance. Um, mm -hmm. Detoxing is definitely the best place to begin. If you've never done one, I know it kind of seems intimidating for a lot of people that might be listening. Yeah. What is a detox? Um, mm -hmm. uh, recommendations that I give for a program is a program that is, is food-based where you're actually eating real food. You know, if there are supplements involved, that's fine. But I always want the supplements to be made from boot too. So that's something that I look for. And they should be gentle. So I want programs that are at least 14 to 30 days long so that it's gentle enough on your system that you can still work and work out and do everything you need to do. And you're not just sitting in your room for three days, not moving and not yeah. being, like we want gentle things that still will work right. with our lifestyle. Um, so that's why I created the, the 28 day program that I have. So it's really designed to walk my women through 28 days of cleaning out their body, cleaning out their liver, their guts, and setting the stage for hormone um, balance. And on average, uh, most of my women lose about 10 pounds in that 28 days. And also have a, a toxicity questionnaire that they take before they get started. 
And my yeah. track record too is by the time they're done with the 20 days, their score is decreased by at least half. So that basically means within 28 days, half of their symptoms are gone, which is huge. Um, yeah. So for a lot of people, that's probably the best place to start because whether you've got a thyroid issue, whether you have an adrenal issue, whether it's PCOS or hormones, all that, the foundation is going to be working on your gut, detoxing the body, cleaning it out. So that's generally a perfect place for, for everybody to get started. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'll definitely link that in the show notes because I know that's also part of what you want to give away to the audience, um, you know, this detox program that you have. Um, so I just kind of want to ask you another question. So what is the biggest misconception when it comes to women's health? I know there are a lot of things that we can talk about, but <laughs> I know you can just pick one. I think probably one of the biggest misconceptions is that we really don't have as much power over our bodies as we do. Our bodies are absolutely amazing and they really do bounce back. We have babies, we yeah. you know, have surgeries, you know, we, we break things, we fix them. Um, our bodies are amazingly adapted to be resilient, to regenerate, to change. I mean, just within a month's time, all the hormones that change in your body are, are this amazing dance. So I think we don't give ourselves credit for our body, what it does for us, and, and its ability to heal too. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, and just to kind of wrap it up, so what is the one thing that women can do to start balancing their hormones? Because we spent the last, you know, 45 minutes <laughs> talking about this. Like hormonal health is really the prime factor that affects everything for us women. Um, so yeah, so what's the one thing that we can do to help? I think the, the one thing is, is clean up your diet and, and do a detox because that's really the foundation. That's really where all the, the starting point would be for a lot of people. Um, okay. And that kind of ties in perfectly to the free gift I want to give them. So yeah, sure, go that. Ahead. Yeah. yeah, I made a, a morning detox routine. So for women that are busy in the morning and they're struggling to get going and they want to just kind of do something every day for themselves that are going to help facilitate their body's own ability to detox. I've created a nice PDF download. It's got a number of different things you can do in the morning. By all means, you don't have to do them all, but maybe just pick a couple that are on that free download and just start doing them and incorporate them to your morning routine because just doing small things over time are going to give you very big changes. So just find one, one or two of those that you enjoy, do them every day and, and enjoy it. It's always you know, the consistent work that gets you somewhere, not exactly. trying to find a quick fix. Okay, cool. And um, so on that note, where can um, my listeners find you? Yes, if they'd like to find me or learn more about me or any of my services or online programs, um, it is drzagragan.com. Uh, they can also find me just by searching my name on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Okay, cool. And I'll definitely put that all in the show notes so everyone can go do their detox <laughs> as soon as possible. Um, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Like, I would probably ask you to come on it again if you ever want to talk about gut health and all these other things that are really, really big. Yes, I have so many topics that we could talk about. Like I said, the gut health by itself could be a full hour, Melissa. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, fertility and all that. I can think of so many topics right now on the top of my head. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.